Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name is Chris Scott. My name's Atish, and in this week's episode, we are back. We're back to season two of the podcast. We're doing a high five, low five, which I think we'll do a lot more of, and kind of getting ourselves set up for 2019. Is this really season two, or are we like wrapping up the year? I don't know. I assumed this was season because we started season one on a weird time of last year, right? So it kind—I don't know. I think uh, I don't know. I think it has value in both places, which is unfortunate because it's like it could be a year-end wrap-up that uh-huh. just took took you know a long time to get out, and now we start season two, or. It could be kind of the beginning of season two because we're issuing ourselves new, you know, forgiving ourselves of past sins and uh, and ramping up into yeah, you know, we, new shit. We definitely aired our grievances. <laughs> and yeah. uh, spoiler alert for uh, Mission Impossible 6, Fallout. Oh, yeah, definitely. A big spoiler alert for Fallout. And that's our intro. <laughs> uh, I'm already rolling. Are you rolling? I guess now I am. Okay. Now that I've got my super complicated setup. Do you need a minute to get your bearings straight? No, no, no. I've I've got it. Let me... uh, Okay. I've got power to the mic. I've got power to the laptop. And I've got something to sit on and something to brace myself on. Because as I've figured out this year, one of the valuable things that I've learned is how imbalanced my uh chakras are anterior no no oh. i don't know any i don't know anything about chakras no my <clears throat> my um my anterior and my posterior musculature is very imbalanced and that's why i keep having back issues oh not because you sleep on your stomach well like, that probably also doesn't everyone like, has been like a newborn <laughs> wait isn't it bad for newborns to sleep like that uh i don't know because um, they they uh, will will go face down like me, and they'll die. Because they don't have the upper body strength to be able to push themselves off of. Uh, oh well, I'm sure somebody does sleep on their stomach. A lot of yeah. weirdos that can't support themselves. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to remedy that, but it just doesn't work. For instance, actually, here's one of the main problems with how I sleep. I didn't get any sleep on uh my cumulative 25 hour flight time really back, yeah back to the u.s well you were, okay. you were awake for 25 hours straight Probably yeah longer. i watched uh possibly no 25 hours straight is about i mean because we just did immediate connections because we planned our flight back so fucking dumb uh-huh <laughs> so we had a 50 minute connection in qatar to get back to london and so we literally had to sprint to get to the gate and get them to hold the plane. So now we're those assholes who are keeping the plane back from leaving, just, but just by an extra little bit, because then what ended up happening is in London, our plane got delayed. Like we had to wait for our plane to take off in London because, um, because, uh, you relate to that one. No, because these people got kicked off the plane for reasons I don't even fully understand. Oh my goodness. But like they started yelling and everyone was getting all tense. And so, uh, and then, then they got kicked off the plane. What'd you do for those 25 hours? Ah, you'd, you'd be, uh, proud of me. I watched all six Mission Impossibles nice. in orders sequentially. And, um, I have to say, you have a, do you have uh, a new I, ranking? 
Yes, I have a ranking. Okay. Okay, so from best to worst, I think it goes, uh, I might need to do this a couple times, but I think it goes Fallout, followed by one, followed by uh, Rogue Nation is the one with the, the Burj Khalifa, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Fallout, one, Rogue Nation, three, um, Ghost Protocol, uh, one, or no, uh, did I already say three? Okay, Ghost Protocol, then one. So, okay. so let me do that again. So, <laughs> so it goes, it goes Fallout, six, th- no, yeah, six. So six is Fallout, one, the OG, right? Um, Rogue Nation, which I think is five, uh, Three, Ghost Protocol, uh, two. two. So two being the worst. Right. Because it just was. It's just different. Yeah. It has its moments, but it's just different. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the kind of the thing is, is, like, I don't know how they could possibly make another one now, because not only are they already shattering Tom Cruise's ankle, like, a million times over. Yeah. But also, it's like they've already done both of the plots, like... Oh, he gets married, and then his he has to uh, leave his wife and in secret and shit like that um, because she was unsafe. But then she gets brought back into the thick of it. But then also he meets this other spy who can take care of himself. But will they? Won't they? Like they've done both of those plots separately, uh-huh. and then Fallout. Spoiler alert: They bring those plots together, and it's like now, now you've done it. Now you've done it all, though. Like now there's yeah. nothing left um, to kind of work on. So I don't know if there's going to be another one. But if you haven't seen Fallout, I highly recommend it. It was amazing. I've seen it. I've seen it. I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, you didn't think it was. I didn't, uh, didn't the best think it was the series? best one. No. What do you think is the best? All right, I go one, three, then Fallout and Rogue Nation are the same movie to me. <laughs> Ghost Protocol and then the second one. Fallout and Rogue Nation are the same movie. I think. It's I mean, just they... either one long movie or it just feels like the same movie. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that it's like the same villain and uh, same director, the same writing, same director, and it even has the same same like side characters in it too. Yep, except for Jeremy Renner. the The writing in five and six is it, there were like moments in it that just took me out of the whole movie. Out of so, five and six, yeah, like right before and six, right before they do that Halo jump. Mm-hmm. And Superman's like, "What are you talking about, Hunt?" And he pulls a cube out of his thing, oh, and then he stomps out of the, the plane. It felt like yeah. a, a really bad scene from like Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah, like Aja walks up, it's like, "I don't like you," and then Karate chops <laughs> James Bond. Yeah. yeah, and then walks away. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. They made um, because at some point in time, you're actually supposed. To, well, I don't know how spoiler heavy we're allowing ourselves to get. But it's like at some point in time, you're supposed to believe that, uh, you know, actually, it's a Mission Impossible movie. There's many double crosses and triple crosses. Right, right, People right. come to expect this. At some point in time in the movie, you're actually supposed to believe that uh, Superman and uh, and uh, Xenu, the god of Scientology, are supposed to be working on the same side. And it just doesn't seem like a cohesive thing at all. It's like you can't, you know, I know the whole thing is that basically they wing it 
and they always end up succeeding on their mission or whatever. But it just makes it super unbelievable that these guys wouldn't be able, like wouldn't be working on the same thing at the same time. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they're just yeah. like, so antagonistic even from the beginning. It's like why didn't anyone think that someone was going to end up being a mole or whatever? Right. But movies do know. that. They do pin agencies against each other. They're like, oh, this is our case. This is our yeah. mission. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was. I thought some of that stuff was a little silly. Well, I mean, to be fair, you had a, a little bit of antagonism in uh, Good Cop, Mom Cop, but like a reasonable amount. Mm-hmm. Nobody was pulling out tubes before a halo jump. Right. <laughs> it was kind of more of like a jurisdiction thing than anything. Exactly. Um, speaking of which, I don't know if you wanted to get into this or not, but like <clears throat> I saw how uh, the films were received that evening. Um, and then we did a bunch of Fernet. Oh, yeah, we did which, drink a lot of Fernet. Yeah, which kind of uh, muddled my memory of the rest of the evening. Fortunately, mm-hmm. Tori stopped drinking, so she was able to drive home. Um, but, uh, but how did your post-murder post, uh, mystery night go for you? Well, the following day, like the, literally the next morning, we were on a shoot for a music video. A music video? Yeah, we shot a music video the very next day. That's cool. Like 8 a.m. Like we had to be somewhere and then drive up to Mount Lemmon. It was dumb. It was the worst decision I thought. I'm a little upset it happened that way. Really? I just wanted like a day just to like calm down for a minute. Yeah, decompress. Because heading up to Murder Mystery Night, it was it was a lot of all nighters, a lot of not sleeping and doing a lot of weird things at weird random times. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, then we shot a music video, but then I didn't really get a chance to really process the whole night. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I guess I don't, haven't really had any closure with it because I still haven't had time to sit and process it. You've been going ever since. I've been going ever since. Dang. Um, well, that's. Uh, I hope you do get to process it soon because I think uh, as we've hinted on the podcast and as I've only gotten a better and better understanding of, you know how kind of... Um, you know how... Uh, not cheap, that's the wrong word for it, but you you know how it seems so trite or contrived to say like, oh man, I wish I could go back with the knowledge I have now and, and like every year, like I learned so much, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. just age equals experience, sort of, unless you're a complete dumb shit who, you know, doesn't take away anything from anything. Um. Anyways, that's a pretty cheap statement to say, like ever, it's, a, it's a platitude, but it's also true. Like I think it's one of the classics for that reason. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So um, so I think as we've <clears throat> figured out here on the podcast many, many moons ago and on many, many different episodes, it's like it's as important to do a postmortem and reconsolidate information as it is to actually do go through the motions itself. Right, right. So I don't know. I hope you uh, – I hope you uh, – Let's do that, that right chance. now. Let's do that right now. Oh, you want to postmortem it? Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's high-five, low-five it. High five, low five, murder mystery night. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to start with highs or lows? Uh, let's start with lows because those are the lows. things that really bum me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm assuming you don't get bummed out off of highs. Uh, sometimes you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. Apologies if you can hear my dog in the background. He's getting feisty. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, high f- low five. I think uh, attendance was low for me. Uh huh. I was expecting a little bit more people. Yeah. 
another lo-fi with that was uh, I thought the we'd get a little bit more help from the nonprofit we were benefiting. Right. The, that was the Tucson Symphony Orchestra, correct? Yeah. Okay. So I thought and the, they, they, they didn't really uh, assist much or what? Well, I met with them in March of last year, and they told me, yeah, sure, we'll help you. We'll even get you uh, commercial airtime. Uh, mm-hmm. Through Cox Media, because I know the lady at Cox, and you have to be a nonprofit to uh, get free airtime yeah. on, on the cable station. So, like, yeah, sure, we'll set that all up. We'll make it all happen. And okay. they just they uh, ghosted me. They ghosted you. Yeah, like a month and a half before you. the event. Yeah, it's about a month and a half before the event. They ghosted me. Um, do you think that those maybe the, those two uh, low fives might be a little connected? They definitely are connected, but I can't think of a lot of lo-fi, so I'm just trying to spread out what I have. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that those should be looked at as the same thing because the way I see it. <clears throat> oh, yeah, they definitely are. I, I definitely relied. I put a lot of uh, trust and like hope that that would bring in the larger crowd. Right. And, like, and I think that this actually it hints at something that's a larger issue for both you and I. Mm-hmm. Um. I think we both suffer from the same kind of syndrome, which is that we, uh, I think you're able to direct really well, but I don't think you're able to delegate really well only because you, you much like myself have a fear of not doing it yourself. Mm. And like these, these, all these little things where something falls short on somebody else's end or whatever kind of just contributes to that mentality. Right. Well, I think the thing, definitely, there was definitely a large funnel happening with this event. This is number three, lo-fi, by the way. It's like everything had to be funneled through me at some point. Right. So, uh, like, my friend Jaime wanted to edit the audio and master the audio, but Mm -hmm. he he didn't have the program and he didn't have a computer to do it. So I still had to sit with him. Uh, He was, you know, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this. So, But I had to be there with him with my computer to make it happen. So you weren't actually able to simultaneously work on something else while he's doing that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Same thing with like passing out flyers, uh, Mm -hmm. getting Mm -hmm. flyers printed. Like it wasn't there wasn't anybody else to really delegate it to. I was kind of like I could get like somebody's like I'll hand out flyers, but I still had to make the flyers. I still had to go to uh, Kinkos or FedEx or whatever it's called now. And say, yeah. uh, print these, please, and then take them down to the person to pass out the flyers. Hand them out, yeah. And so it was still just as much effort as doing it right. myself. Well, and also just really inefficient uh, because you probably have larger scale things to be concerned with rather than passing out flyers. Not right. that that isn't a huge thing. But, right. Because that's like one part of the marketing plan. Um, but if if you have to be involved in every single step that's time away from some of the larger scale issues that you know probably yeah. would have been helpful right okay so that there definitely was uh, a funnel effect and it was mm-hmm. very frustrating but at the same time it was also uh everyone's working for free and i did, i feel bad making people do things for free right knowing how time consuming they are and i knowing how picky and <laughs> controlling i can be with certain things Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I did try having a friend make a poster for one of the movies for Downshift. Yeah. And it was it was not what I was thinking it was going to be. No. No. I, I wish I could show you. I think I deleted it. Oh, so this wasn't even this. I then assumably is not the one that was used. No, the, the one that was used was the one that I made. 
Okay, well, I mean, then not to, because I was going to say not to pat your back, because I thought maybe you still used it. I was going to say, I actually like the poster from Downshift, but I guess that wasn't. <laughs> no, no. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, hmm. So that was those three. What else was there? The fourth one, I think, was we didn't have, I didn't have the proper cast for the live show. No? Because, uh, again, because I was so overwhelmed with everything else leading up to the show the live part of it was very last minute very last Mm. minute it was uh i think it was written the week week of the show and then friday was the first time that we actually performed it together Uh, like we rehearsed it and then we went out and did it Mm -hmm. it was a bit intense yeah i mean that that just uh i think that's a also a uh you know how um you have maybe like three or two core problems. So there's uh-huh. not really that many. There's, there's a very small number of issues. But because they're so large in scope, it kind of trickles down the way I think uh, Republicans assume trickle-down economics works. Right. Um, it, it's, it, it works like that. So I think that maybe – because these all seem to be sort of interconnected and related. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the cramp on time could be a subsidiary effect of um, – you have I used this term on the podcast before? A decentralized command. Uh, I'm sure you have. <laughs> that's um. That's actually something. Well, I'll let you finish your list, but I want to put a pin in that because that's something that I've realized is more important than I uh, thought. Uh, so I have one more. One more. What's the last? One more. Lo-fi. What's the last one going to be? Uh. Uh, if you if you only have four low fives, then you only have four low fives. There's no, you know. I'm trying to think of what the fourth one would be. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, well, first of all, do you ever think about? <clears throat> do you ever think? Uh, and I guess we'll analyze the low fives and then get into the high fives. But do you ever think that maybe we can start selling some of those ebooks that are like ninety nine cents each or something? I've been where... I've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah, you have, but I think a different approach. What's uh, like like I'm talking about a CSS ebook. What are you talking about? I'm talking about transcribing one of our podcast episodes, slapping a title on it, and selling it for a dollar. Uh, yeah. I, okay, so then we're on the same page. It only <laughs> took me a year to catch up. <laughs> okay, I was. I thought I was going to be like, oh no, you're talking about something different. It's like, oh no, we're talking about the exact same, same exact thing. thing yeah. <laughs> Okay, so it turns out, per usual, Chris Scott's ahead of the curve on this one. <laughs> but I was just thinking, we could make something essentially because what high five, low five is is a way to uh, reconsolidate. Like it's a method with which, and this will be the introduction of our little ebook. High five, low five is essentially a probing methodology to define what your issues are, like your core issues are, and then give you a plan with which to um to to solve them like uh-huh. what did you what did you like what did you think you did well cool exemplify that like like uh exacerbate that um uh and then what did you not like and that kind of stimulates the conversation on how to fix them so i think that becomes like a diagnostic tool what that is is basically it's uh it's much like how meditation works or something like that where it's you know i'm not actually asking the question of myself but i'm asking it in the second person because your prefrontal cortex this is all 
fucking gold mumbo jumbo that we can pad our ebook with. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's like it's essentially, it's your prefrontal cortex is too busy worrying away making immediate decisions, where instead you might need to actually take yourself out of the equation, take your ego out of the equation, and see what's best for it. And that can only happen when you're digging underneath the surface. So this could be our high five, low five tool. I like it. And then like it just has like these questions that are open and vague enough that they would apply. Like, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll work on it. This sounds like a good idea. Ooh, you've got a spooky light. Yeah. I just found that this, this battery I have fits in this weird light I have. That's not really working. Oh. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So those were the low fives. Um, and I have... Should, should I go into analyzing the low fives? Because there are some things that are self-evident. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's go it. Let's do it. Let's, let's, okay. let's do that. So first and foremost, I think what you need moving forward is an effective decentralized command. Mm-hmm. Um, because you said you have a funnel issue and everything needs to go through you and et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of the same problem that we were having at work, which is that, you know, for any of these huge decisions, like, oh, are we going to, how, how are we strategically going to s- sell that? You know, and this is all jargon, but it sums up to the same thing where it's like, okay, we're selling these new cameras already, but they're not available until December 1st of 2019. So that means we have to sell them some of these other cameras first. And then I don't know, how do we, how do we get them to pay full price, blah, 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 like all these decisions have to be made and the the people who are actually doing these things are held in suspense are completely frozen until someone way up the chain makes that call Uh that is such a dumb thing to do because it's like you can have someone who's a junior leader who can get that around much faster make a call and then you can a b test it almost immediately like you will have a b testing you'll have data on both sides almost immediately but instead they just wait until you know one of the top, top, top guys makes a decision and he's got way too much shit on his plate. There's no way he's going to do that clearly, effectively. He's got so much stuff. He's got so much pressure that maybe he'll make a snap decision on this smaller issue uh-huh. and bungle it because, you know, make make the wrong call because he's just got too much stuff and it's like, this seems so small scale. Who gives a shit? Just do it, whatever. And then before you know it, you might be stuck in a situation there are ramifications that weren't considered, etc. Right. So this kind of thing you can see all the way around. Like this, this isn't just... Um, a Chris Scott problem. This is a many people problem. Mm-hmm. And even myself individually, this is kind of a problem, but more so that I just don't trust other people to do the work. Like I was that way even in college. Like we would have group projects and I did the whole thing myself just because I didn't, I didn't trust other people's ability to do shit, which is bad. Like you can, you can not trust them when you have evidence to not trust them or you can not trust them once they've already done a shit job. That's what was happening but, to me. I had, I, I did try outsourcing some stuff. Uh-huh. And the results I was getting back was not working. It wasn't not satisfactory. It's not satisfactory. And then every time I would make suggestions on what would make it better, it was always uh, there were always defensive responses. It was just like a bizarre thing. It's just like, all right, well, just give me what you got, and I'll fix it later. And then that's mm. what that's what happened. So it sounds like those people don't have what's called uh, extreme ownership. Quoting a book. <laughs> called extreme ownership (laughs) uh you can read about it in the show notes (laughs) um yeah it sounds like that's that's a major problem and that's also a problem 
that I myself had where it's, if I don't really, if I feel like I don't have stake in the game or if I don't really have some, you know, part of this, then, uh, then I am less inclined to do superior level work. That's exactly what it was because everyone was working for free. Yeah. And everybody's like, yeah, like they were there for, they like to do the fun stuff. They're in it to win it for the fun stuff. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, finer details, it's just like, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a problem because that was something that I had to turn my own mentality around. So I don't know if I have a fix for you, the director, but for me, it just became that I see value in, or I started to see value in so much smaller things. Like now I've realized that kind of the currency that, uh, the adult, working world works off of if you will and especially if you're a freelancer such as yourself like Mm -hmm. it it doesn't matter as much when you work inside of a company or some bullshit like that but when you're a freelancer and when you kind of get your own clientele and stuff the quality of your work and the timing and everything like that that is your entire resume nobody gives a shit about resumes anymore and like no i graduated from here and i did this and whatever it's like no 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 what have you done for me lately like uh, what what project came up? How did that do? What were the numbers behind it? Blah blah blah. Like, so people have to start caring about that. Like, I feel in a weird way, um, part of Tucson, like part of the the Tucson that I used to know, uh, is inundated with this belief that like, oh no, like it'll shine through. Like, I'll I'll be taken care of eventually. Things just aren't working out right now, and that's a very naive attitude. You you have to like bite kick and scratch for every little inch that you can get like right, if you can right. get a small credit on something because that's how it works at my at my office too if you like you just have to be assertive and get yourself on projects and do stuff otherwise they just assume that you're perfectly happy just sitting in your in your role uh-huh. every day and you can just do the same thing and they're like oh yeah he does a great job there but you know he, he's he doesn't seem to have any uh uh, assertiveness or it doesn't seem to have any like like that go-getter attitude that everyone's always talking about you know so getting a free credit essentially on a movie uh if if that's what you're trying to do that should be huge to you mm-hmm. or like even uh saying that like oh i volunteered for um elephant scout studios you know whatever it's like if you're trying to because for me people look at my cv why the fuck would any creative studio or why would any creative endeavor why would anyone hire me for anything right i I don't have i have nothing so okay i i worked alongside chris scott and put this together and then even if it's a small thing i did a tiny thing i handed out flyers you worked on that project you were a part of that now you were inherently attached your people will be like oh i've never heard of elephant scout let me watch this video and then you know they watch some video and then they're like oh shit that actually you know that was great Mm mm-hmm ostensibly so um so that's how there's there has to be intrinsic value in that and that comes to a people sourcing issue um because i had to learn that that wasn't something i just assumed that you know having the highest gpa or graduating top of my class or whatever would get me noticed i'm sure it does but if you have no follow-through it doesn't matter at all right right so so that's an unfortunate people sourcing issue um i think maybe next time just to kind of bring this all around into actionable steps next time if you, you i think you need to give yourself a little more time oh, i think definitely. you set you set a hard deadline which you know props to you for for making it happen well the, the thing that happened with this deadline was uh they wouldn't let me set it so for the longest oh. time we were living in limbo and then it was like hey you can have your show in four weeks 
It's like, oh, oh Jesus. Oh crap. I guess we got to finish now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so so there was also like a timing issue and that wasn't you can't really That's the, that's whole, my fifth lo-fi is the timing. The timing didn't work I out. I thought yeah, this that, was the worst day to possibly like after, in hindsight, this is probably the worst day to have this event. It was the week after an election. It was Ooh, yeah. the day before the El Tour de Tucson. Uh, it was the week before Thanksgiving. It was just yeah. like a really weird time to have it. Nobody's going out during that time. Yeah. 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 That was a, that's, I didn't even consider that, but the pre Thanksgiving and then Tucson, the El Tour de Tucson is, is huge. It's huge. There. Um, so yeah, that, that sounds like an unfortunate timing issue. But I mean, what the positive on that end though is that it was a pretty aggressive schedule, and you you made it. <laughs> so that that can only, like you said, uh, late nights, all nighters, all that kind of thing. Like that also has its value in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if possible, I mean, give yourself a, a a little bit more time. I feel like because then you'll be able to source the right people that you need who are driven independently of. Uh, you know whether or not they're going to get paid for this work or or that kind of a thing um which i f- i think that help like that is hard to find these days it's, it's not it's getting the the older i get the harder it is to find right cuz your network is kind of uh aging with you it's aging with me uh and the newer kids it's it's more of a uh there's there comes a, a level of uh hand holding yeah to pass along you know not only your like I want to say work work ethic, but I think it's not work ethic. It's it's the ability to adapt to other people's work environments, right. which I don't think a right. lot of uh, youths understand. <laughs> a lot of youths, the two youths. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely an issue that has to be overcome. Um, I'm not sure how. Um, we're because you're youths. I'm not a youth. <laughs> You're a young man. I, 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 yeah, I, I wouldn't consider myself a youth. I think my days of being a youth are over. Um, maybe. I don't know. I'm getting dangerously close to 30. Oh, man, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so those were... So, yeah, so so any messaging back on your low fives, I definitely think um, timing... It was an issue, and not all of that actually could be controlled by yourself. It sounds like there were some exigent factors that kind of scrambled that up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, timing, I, and I think this goes hand in hand with that, but a decentralized command, I think, is something um, I kind of think, and, and that's why it's unfortunate that Jaime isn't on the same page exactly, because it's like, I kind of feel like you need a solid number two. I need a number two. I need a yeah. number two. You know what I mean? Because that way, and especially if you had, and especially from, that's why it's a shame that Jaime's kind of doing other stuff because he has the knowledge to make those executive decisions Uh as well. You know, now whether or not your guys' vision 100% aligns because I don't think it does all the time. It doesn't, but I like that. (laughs) You like that? I do. Well, see uh, that that says uh, that says so much about your kind of efforts right there because I think this is what a lot of companies suffer from um, is this kind of lack of perspective, and you actually enjoy kind of that pushback. I enjoy. Uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of things should be constantly questioned. Right. I think a creative project, uh, religion, 
your faith, your you know political beliefs. They all should just be. You should be able to have them questioned, and you should be able to respond with your core beliefs. And, this and, is, and fight for the things that you believe in. And if, you, if it's <laughs> worth fighting for, then it should stay. And people are like, oh, this guy's fighting for it. Right. This isn't just some hog, hog, hogwash. Some yeah, hoppy throwaway pop. issue. Yeah. Just something that he threw in there just to throw in there because he could. No, <laughs> it's like he believes in this and like he wants it for this reason. It's like there's a purpose behind it. It has more weight than just because I right. said so. Right. Yeah. It's it's like if you can have an intellectual discussion about it, then you can kind of weigh the pros and cons live and you don't have to, you know, you might be exposed to new things that you didn't consider or you might find increasing validity in what you're trying to push for. I mean, both of those are good mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Yet another thing that you can read about in Principles by Ray Dalio. Oh <laughs> if if you thought if you thought we were leaving <laughs> principles in season one, uh, you're dead wrong. That. It's a great book. Read it. Okay. Yeah. Also, I think like he also has six weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty thick book to read. But I think a he thousand pages. How long is it? Nine hundred and eighty-six pages. Um, I don't have it here. It's in the living room. I've got a nice new book display. Oh yeah. Yep. To go along with my new ostentatious, my big hairy goals of uh, attaining knowledge. But anyways, um. So, okay. So, so yeah. So decentralized command and timing are the main takeaways. Isn't it kind of a good thing for you though? Like that, doesn't it validate you that on your low fives and even what my low fives, for, if I had to do a low five on your event and on your work, isn't it kind of validating that neither of those or none of the five are on the creative projects themselves? Yeah. I mean, I could definitely tear those things apart. Well, of course you can, <laughs> but that's part of your personality. <laughs> but I think that the the it's only five hundred and ninety two pages on the hardcover. Oh, you looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. It's only half the amount of pages that you thought it was. Let me see what the oh, there's not even a soft cover book yet. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I with the creative stuff, it it was it got to the point where. Uh, just watching them, there were like little tiny things I thought could have, but it just would have been so tiny and minute, it wasn't even worth the time addressing them. Right. And I, I, we showed them, I showed them to a friend of mine, Francisco, and he's like, oh, these are good. That's fine. And all the, all the things that I was concerned about or even Jaime was concerned about, it was not, he was not, it didn't even affect them. Like, hmm. uh, some edits, some, scenes like this some timing like the things that the the fresh eyes brought to it were uh this one part didn't make any sense and this is like yeah. one tiny part it's like oh yeah you're right i was worried about this thing way over here that you didn't even notice it was just yeah. me focusing on nitty-gritty the nitty-gritty tiny, tiny things yeah i mean i have to say i was um and I think this has to do with both the actors that were selected as well as kind of the direction and all that but of course when i'm reading it I'm like, oh man, the, like, I, I was such a hound about dialogue because uh -huh. I was just like, that doesn't sound right. Nobody would say that, you know, whatever. But it actually sounded very natural and it was performed very natural. So the one thing that I was actually being an asshole about <laughs> turned out to be such an on issue. <laughs> well, even with that, I think dialogue is a really hard thing to write. It's right. just, yeah. it's just so hard to write it. But then you, you don't even know what it sounds like until you actually say it out loud or have right. someone else say it out loud. Yeah, because it's I, I don't think that I would be able to say the things like because I'm reading it in my voice, but that's the way I'm reading it with no direction and without 
you know, these, these guys are actually, yeah, context. Yeah. And these are actually like actors, you know, who do this. So it, it, it totally made more sense and it gelled in such a way that, you know, I, I think was a, a really great thing. Um, so wait, were we on high fives or did we? I think I think we wrapped. Uh, did we wrap up on the low fives? Yeah, we, I think you we were, were wrapping. You, up. you were bringing up how none of the low fives were uh, based off cre- the creative projects, right? More yeah. so around uh, logistical event stuff, right? Like it was. It was kind of more. It was less about the actual uh, creative work itself, as opposed to kind of yeah, it, like you said, logistics, timing, structure. Um, you know, the how, not as much the what. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so, what were your high fives? Uh, that we finished the two short films and they look really good. Yeah. Uh, that we lost uh, the DP for downshift. Like, oh yeah, like I a week before that. the shoot, and we were still able to pull it off. Yeah, Jesus. Um, I thought. The the live actors did a really good job, and the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's one, two, three. <laughs> You're like, huh? I'm really trying to make that five. Uh, let's see what else. I think. Hmm. I think the thing the the biggest one for me, I think, was the idea of creating the event and creating an experience and then actually having a crowd that seemed really into the whole night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a part while downshift was playing and, I, and everybody was cheering and I thought the movie was over and yeah. it, it wasn't over. The guy was just getting back on the bike. There's still like four minutes left. Exactly. It was kind of like the, the like uh, rising or, or kind of gearing you towards the climax and uh, just this like, uh, I don't know, pump you up sort of moment. It was great. Everyone lost their shit. It was awesome. Yeah, so uh, uh, that was kind of unexpected. I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. So I think those, no. are my, those are my high fives. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I agree with those. And, and it's interesting that you can see almost that um, the parts that you do like are th- that you did like, your, your high points, were all creatively based or... Um, based on your how your core audience was reacting like like how things went over like it didn't go uh like i think what your one of your chief complaints was was that you know it the it didn't get as widespread as you wanted to Mm -hmm. but it did the the people that you did get really loved it really enjoyed it yeah so that's your uh i think that's a good jumping off point i think that's a that's a great place to be because uh you have that um what is it? Uh, you have the the reach of an inch, but the depth of a mile, or whatever. This is a oh, callback yeah. to whatever. You said. whatever. Yeah, I don't even. I, I remember making fun of that one. <laughs> the reach yeah, reach but, of a mile. Reach? No, no, no. The the reach. Yeah, there's the reach of a mile with the depth of an inch, or the the reach of an inch, depth of a mile. Yeah, I think is the two points. Yeah. So it's a it's a better jumping off point to be where you're at because you've got stuff that actually resonates and actually um and actually uh is it has the capacity to become very popular. Now the idea is just getting it a little bit more widespread. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the thought. That's the thing. Hmm. Well, so these are all things that are actually like actionable steps moving into the future. So 
uh, I guess, to summarize and to cap it off. So you've been very busy this December. Yeah, there's been a lot of weird random stuff popping up in December. I saw you doing some kind of werewolf shoot. Yeah, the werewolf movie is still going. We're supposed to wrap it up this month, but uh, the camera was not available. So Mm. it's getting pushed to January. Yeah. Yeehaw. (laughs) I worked on a Adidas commercial. Really? Did some uh, photo assisting there and then some other uh, local stuff. Nice. Yeah. So you've been keeping busy. Um, Do you have a next? Because I think this is also an excellent counterpoint where I don't know when you started working on the werewolf movie, but it was a while back. And it's an interesting counterpoint that uh, one of your main issues is with the timing of your murder mystery night. But at the same time, uh, you completed a more than satisfactory creative project, mm-hmm. at least in terms of that, in, in terms of the reception and in terms of the um, the d- delivery, you kind of have some some issues. But insofar as much as the actual product itself, you were able to successfully complete a project in what you would consider less time than what you needed, whereas this other project has been going on for quite a while, and it's not completed, and it's not... It, you know, yeah, for the last six months. What? Yeah, it's been six months. See, so it seems like maybe you 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 can almost like track that within inside your community you have some desirable skills that mm-hmm. you know kind of a get shit done sort of attitude, right? Which I mean, I, I have to think that that's got to be coveted uh, within that circle because otherwise, you know, if it, if this is if, imagine if this was actually on a studio's dime, right? Just going on and on and on, you know. Yeah, I got to figure out a way to uh, spread that word around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you if you can actually get a reputation of um, delivering a quality project in a timely manner, uh, I think that in and of itself will that's a that'll uh, that's a selling point that'll get you work, mm-hmm. you know, day in day out. But I guess the next question is: uh, Do you have a next creative project on the horizon, or are you letting something stew and simmer I- a little? I don't know. I definitely want to pull the trigger faster than I did with these last two shorts. I don't. I don't know. I feel like this last this murder mystery night took a whole year to produce. Right. I think we shot uh, Good Cop, Mom Cop in March, mm-hmm. and or maybe April. I think we probably shot it in April. Yeah. And then we finished it up in November, which is still uh, faster than the werewolf movie. Right. But. Uh, it, it was. Uh, I was hoping to have uh, everything done by September, and it just wasn't happening. So I don't know. I don't know what the next project should be. Yeah, yeah. The vibe I got from the crew was we have to do another screening event next year. This needs to be a yearly thing. Okay, so you can you kind of uh, end up creating that. So you've already got your core audience, and then each time you're kind of expanding off of that, making it bigger and bigger. Right. Yeah. So do we... Uh, come up with two more shorts and then do another theme night and just do something fun? Or do we do a feature and try and get a feature done? Mm. Um, I like the idea of doing some shorts just because I thought they were kind of easy to make and less pressure. But the, I think the other thing with the whole murder mystery night was uh, nobody really cares about short films. And I was marketing it as, hey, come watch two short films. Yeah, and nobody cares about that. It's like, oh, we watch those on YouTube all the time. Why would I go to this? Mm, and I, should, I see what you're saying. I should have uh, marketed it more as like a variety show. 
Right. Because in theory, we were going to have the a quartet there to play music live, mm-hmm. and that didn't pan out. But it would have been a variety show. There was live actors. There were short films. There would have been music. It would have been a variety show. Yeah. Also, that reminds me <laughs> of my initial impression. There were three people you brought up, right, who guessed uh, who done it. Uh-huh. Right? <clears throat> and I remember sitting back and... Two out of the three kind of had like a logical process, and one out of the three just seemed like she luckily guessed. Yeah, <laughs> like I was like, "Wait, your rationale for this is so loose and stupid." Like, <laughs> yeah, was it the lady, the first lady? Yeah, yeah, she's a, she's an attorney too. What? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I don't know. I think that's. I think I think maybe doing another variety show night like this would be a good idea. Maybe yeah. maybe on a smaller scale, maybe not so try to make it so big. Right. Maybe I don't know. But maybe if it's maybe we just gotta keep keep aiming high. You know, aim for the moon. Yeah. I th- I think there's an interesting mixture between those. What's interesting about that is it wait, is it aim for the moon and you'll end up somewhere along the stars? Because you, even if you miss, you'll end up among the stars. Doesn't that not make sense? Because isn't the moon the closest star to planet moon's not so, a moon's a sat- satellite not a star the closest star to us would be the sun what's the oh, okay okay i guess that that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> i don't really know that much about space did you uh did you watch inside out inside out was it inside out or with uh it was an animated movie oh probably not mm. it's uh it's like a kid's movie and it's inside a girl's brain and every character oh, yeah. is like an emotion uh huh. So there's like fear and happy and sad and anger. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Well, there's a scene in that where, uh, like her imaginary friend from her childhood gets like locked in this ball pit. It's like the saddest scene ever. And <laughs> oh they're, they're trying to and happy the happy one and the the imaginary friend are trying to get out of this ball pit, but they can't. And so they get like this rocket rolling, and the imaginary friend jumps off this rocket, and it's enough to get the happy person out of the ball pit. Jesus. And and as he's like dying in this ball pit, he's like, "Get her to the moon," because that's like her childhood dream was to be, go to the moon as an astronaut. There's a really sad scene. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that sounds Pixar, like a, man. Pixar yeah, man. Yeah, Toy, Toy Story three when they're all like getting sucked into that uh, sarlacc pit of garbage and fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's messed up. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, so I think there has to be like, and that's I think maybe the value of getting like a solid uh, second in command mm-hmm. because then you can sort of balance out your your kind of keep making it bigger, better, expanding, while also keeping an eye on you know because it's better to sell out and be limited than undersell and you know. So I think. Yeah, I think it's an interesting dynamic here because it's like on the one hand, you kind of want to keep on that on that streak. Like while it's still hot, you want to fire out some more and keep putting while it's still on people's minds because then people who didn't go are hearing from their friends like, oh, shit, no, it was a lot of fun. Right, right. You know, whatever. We have we so, have a lot of people wanting to watch these shorts. And oh, really? Like, well, you should have come to the event then. Yeah, what the fuck? Idiot. <laughs> the, the solution seems pretty fucking simple to me. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that, but then also balancing it out with sort of a, a I don't know, cost and uh, and uh, kind of uh, 
making sure of success in that sort right. of regard. That's 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 where it is right now. So these these cost X amount of dollars, and I don't want to spend any more money. Right on. I don't know. It's if the payoff wasn't what I thought it was going to be this last time. So right, if I can make it worthwhile, then I'll, I would definitely have kept. I would have you know kept doing it, but it it wasn't. It wasn't. Worth, yeah. It was. It, it was worthwhile, but it, not finance on paper. Yeah, not not in a very tangible sort of way. More right. in intangibles, and intangibles can be a big thing. Getting your name out in front of somebody who may offer you work in the future or may turn things into tangibles. But right. But un, it, until those things are recognized, it's kind of it seems ambiguous. Right. That definitely did not shut up the uh, parentals and their <laughs> nagging. Right. Get a real job. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. It was, yeah. That's. Uh, it was more feelings based. Yeah, that's sort of where I'm working myself out of too. Um, I'm trying to work my way out of the, uh, well, a little bit as a, a weird kind of double header. I'm trying to work my way out of the intangibles where everyone, everyone knows that I'm uh, smart and everyone thinks like, oh man, if you, if you've got like a complex problem, take it to a tish. But at the same time, it's it's not. It, it, everyone still is stuck in this kind of mindset with. Um, you know, oh, well, you've only been here one year and you've only been doing this kind of stuff for one year. And it's like, that's great. And I don't want to seem um, whatever another word for cocky is. Mm -hmm. But I kind of realized that that's something that I've been lacking. Like that's my postmortem on the year is that I fell right back into the same pattern that I was in college or like in anything else where I, you know, want to keep my head down, work real hard, you know, graduate top of my class, do all that kind of stuff. But I don't actually um, push the envelope for myself, nor do I make people aware of what I want. And like, I'm willing to put myself out there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was in, in certain regards and in definitely an improvement from last year, but not in the way that I'm realizing these things work. I'm kind of realizing that as much as, you know, um, it's it's kind of an antithesis to your low five, which is that I can only really depend on myself in a weird way, not in terms of the work or doing whatever, because you need to have a decentralized command in order to run large scale things right. on, on any kind of successful level. But at the end of the day, I can only create these opportunities for myself and I need to, you know, et cetera. So, um, so that's kind of my, my, feedback on this year and something that I'm going to be working on. Like I'm trying to get really aggressive, um, not in a negative way, of course, but like I'm trying to get really aggressive about what I want and, and that sort of thing. And I think that, you know, both of us in a weird sort of way suffer from the same uh, problem. Yeah. It's getting loud. That, yeah. Yeah. Get, getting loud, which, uh, you know, I'm going to go back and re-listen to that episode because I think there's, it's, it's kind of something you alluded to um, a long time ago, which is that I'm only, I can only understand the lessons when I'm ready to hear them, mm -hmm. which is frustrating as hell. But I think that's kind of how life yeah. works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the unfortunate thing because if I was able to, you know, download like the matrix, like just plug in and now I know Kung Fu, um, of course, that'd be that'd be great. That'd be the easy track, you know, um, which I think is what essentially is an analog to being in, incredibly wealthy. Like if your parents have billions of dollars and are willing to spend it on you, you're going to be just fine. Right. There's, it, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. But for those of us in the real world, such as you or I, 
it's frustratingly, it's a slow climb because you are only open to these lessons once you actually kind of get some ground bearing or like some understanding of them. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, I think even though we talked about getting loud a while back, I think I applied some of it successfully, but not to the point that like, not, not where top performers like you or I should be. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that, that's kind of something that you and I both suffer from, have to revisit, have to rework, um, maybe even do a high five, low five on that independently, like just my getting loud. Um, yeah. And yeah. Like, like I was thinking about this, uh, we, I was talking about this with Jaime a couple of weeks ago, how there's some local filmmakers that are just better off because they were given monetary things to make right. them appear better. And they're, they... Mm -hmm they're not better storytellers. They're just, they just have more stuff and they have that appearance and right. they're out there more. Or they took over a business that was the only business in town to, you know, rent gear from or rent cameras from. And it's just, uh, that's not really, it was winning the lottery for them. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so this actually brings me to another book off the Atish reading list. It's called what makes Sammy run by, uh, Bud Schulberg. And I was given this, or I was recommended this book because I was talking about how much I admired Ari Gold from Entourage. Okay. <laughs> and it's actually, it's weirdly, it's kind of a story about him before this, he was created. Like, I think this book is from the sixties or something, or maybe the fifties. And it's basically about this kid who doesn't know shit about shit about movies like he just works on someone's desk uh -huh. but because he's constantly pounding pavement and constantly just saying that he's the best he becomes the best but it also shows the negative side effects of that and that like he it's it's actually sort of a cautionary tale about finding balance um but if you just look at the other side of it i think that we are so focused on one end of it which is creating good work and doing you know uh that sort of thing that we are not focused at all on the other end of it, which is, you know, the fucking things we brought up, you know, a million years ago on this podcast, networking, getting loud, et cetera. It's like the only reason that I'm even getting the modicum. So I'm, I'm trying to, um, I'm, I've got my hands in many soups right now or what pies, gross soups. Both are gross. You don't, don't put your hands <laughs> in pies or soup. <laughs> Either way. Um, but one of the angles I'm sort of working is that I've found um, – because I think at the end of the day what I sort of need is I need a little bit of initial structure and then to work outside of that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the issue that I'm having right now is that I got all the structure I wanted out of this you know job. But they don't – they need you to stay inside structure, which doesn't work for me. Right. Because um, I'm I'm an achievement junkie. I, I always need to get rolling onto the next thing. I, I like, that's the only thing that makes me interested. Otherwise, I get intensely bored. Um, which is another thing that I learned. I learned that about myself this year. I also learned that... Um, uh, shit, I just forgot what I learned. The one thing you crave most, structure, is the thing you least enjoy. Oh, no, yeah, well, well, there's that. So to continue on that thought, but I learned something else that was pretty important. Oh, I learned um, of all the weirdest places. Uh, I because I listen to books now while I work because that's how intensely bored I've become. Wow. Like, 
I'm, I've figured out the base functions of my job so well that I can listen to a goddamn book while I do it. And if there's no, it's like, it's like, yeah, that right there should be the only evidence you need <laughs> that like, you know, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so I was listening to the dragon tattoo series. Okay. Um, one, two, and three, anything outside of that was not written by the original author. And like that new movie tells me enough of what I need to know. Like they've, it's become a garbage action thing. Not, not what I liked about it in the first place because what it helped me realize was what I really like to do. I always thought growing up that I was going to be a research scientist, uh-huh. but that was just because my dad was a research scientist and my sister is, uh, she's almost got her PhD. She's about to become a research scientist. So I thought that that was like what I was supposed to do or some shit like that. And that made me not like it. Turns out I actually do like research, just not scientific research. Oh. I like, like going back into the annals of this and like figuring out and doing like reading a bunch of stuff, uh, condensing it into smaller points and then figure out like that stuff. I love, I actually love that. And it took me so long to figure out what I actually like to do in terms of, you know, skills. Cause you know, I also like to sit with a cocktail in my hand, but that's not exactly marketable. Um, so it took me so long. I'm, I'm 27. And people are expecting you to figure out what you actually want to do between 18 or like 17 to 21, which mm-hmm. is when you're in college or 22. And I just think that that's more and more, the more I think about it, it's like, that's ridiculous. I gained some really great skills, but I only figured out what I like to do now. And now I can turn that into something else. Uh-huh. And um, so kind of what I've been looking at recently, and I've only just kind of gotten in contact, but I'm trying to use this assertiveness, is this company that facilitates actually what I've been talking about doing. They are uh, a management consulting firm, and they have you just to you know start you off. They put you with clients so that you are doing consultative work for their clients, mm-hmm. but their eventual goal is to farm you into where you take on your own clients individually. And it's like, huh, that's, that's an interesting, you know, so how do I put that together with, because that gives me structure, but eventually it it does not have limiting structure like my current job, because my current job just wants me to do the same function. Right. Right. But eventually these people expect you to be self-sufficient, which is kind of interesting. Um, I mean, you got to, have a kickback to the house, so to speak. Right. But, of course. Of course. Of course. But, but that was kind of an interesting angle. And now, okay, how do I put that with, you know, my newfound love for research or, or figuring out how I've always liked to do research, but how I apply it to my interests? Well, it's obvious. I become like kind of an analyst position in, in those sorts of things. And that kind of got me thinking more about that maybe maybe I lack a fundamental confidence in myself and that that's the first thing that needs to be worked on because there has to be as much as I want to be, you know, Oh yeah, I need to be be a little bit more boastful, so to speak. And I need to like, that's how you get your name out is getting loud and whatever. I think that that can only be found through a fundamental level of confidence. And that's something that both you and I need to work on. Yeah. That's going into this new year. Like that's what I kind of was doing a lot of reading on and I was kind of figuring out and I was like, oh yeah, that there has to be kind of a core level of positivity, which is hard for both you and I to manufacture, (laughs) but there has to be a core level of positivity that will then enforce all the rest of your actions. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So 
that's kind of um in terms of high five low five and especially because we're recording this episode uh on new year's eve 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 is that you know i think that i've spent too much time um and maybe you were like this when you were younger i'm not sure but i spent too much time thinking that like my fate had anything to do with other people Mm -hmm. and you know it it sucks because the beginning of this podcast like when we first started doing episodes we're all about this but it's kind of only just getting to me now Uh which is frustrating but is that you know uh, believing in yourself and and getting loud and uh, and uh, all these kinds of concepts that we talked about earlier on. I'm getting the success that I can get without those things, but I'm reaching a, a pretty limiting wall. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has to be my like that. I'm I am setting up some smart goals at the moment, which actually um, maybe we should talk about next episode or. Maybe we should just post them without an episode because I feel like we've talked about goal setting and shit enough uh, to now. A- anyways, regardless. But the point is, is I'm setting myself an, up in a way to where I need to depend less on other people and depend more on myself in a constructive manner that kind of turns the heat up on me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, that's like you know how to work within that structure because you had, <laughs> what, four weeks to deliver a product? Right. It was crazy. I mean, that, that puts you on a pretty, so it's either do or die and, uh, you got a very successful product down. So uh, these are all things that I think, um, like I, I don't think it's included in smart goals, but if you look at how Tim Ferriss deconstructs things into, into, uh, goal setting, he, uh, kind of adds a thing of consequence, uh, which is where like he had an app that if he didn't you know complete the the, the item or the uh, you know objective uh-huh. it would donate some money to charity okay immediately so it's it's kind of like when and you know I don't really have that kind of a um I don't have uh, the capital for that kind of uh, just to be that uh, blase about it but like I think that that has to that's a huge part of it I think that's a, have, that's a good idea we should set up, set up uh, consequences for each other. Yeah. Oh, for each other. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so we have to do X or Y by X or Y date or else. Or else this. Or else this. Or else Chris needs to watch Lagan again. Uh, I'd be okay with that. Really? <laughs> it was like a four-hour movie. It's a very long movie, but it's still a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it was a good movie. I was actually just talking about um, my sister loved the episode uh, uh, where we talked about Commando and Lagan. Uh-huh. Uh, Delta Force? Yeah. Delta, why do I keep saying Commando? Because it's also a good movie. Yeah, but I haven't recently watched Commando or anything. I did watch the original Predators again recently, so maybe that's why it's on my mind. Maybe, maybe. Do you watch The Good Place? Okay, no, but you're the second person of my like trusted, esteemed uh, friends that has brought that up. Because if it just any asshole brings up a TV show to me, I don't really take stock in it. But when somebody... Uh, who I deem of worth <laughs> says uh, says that to me. I take it with stocks. Okay, the good place. What's up with that? There's a character on that show. He's like an academic. Uh, he teach. He taught uh, ethics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's at this good place now. And it's his uh, like his character is this, this very like hyper 
and like overanalyzes everything. Mm-hmm. And like he thinks like some, he, he read an article about how almond milk is made and how it uh, negatively affects the environment. And so now he has uh, regrets for drinking almond milk that one time. It's like he's that kind of character. But there's a yeah. there's an episode where uh, he's still alive. He's not in the good place. It's like an afterlife mm-hmm. scenario. But he his uh, his best friend is like, uh, I've known you for my entire life. You're my best friend. And I'm getting married this year. And I need to ask you to not be my best man. And he's like, come on, man. I'm your best friend. I should be your best man. I can do this. But his, his friend's like, no, you're, you're too nervous. You overanalyze everything. Nothing's ever going to get done. Yeah, and then they flash forward a little bit, and it's the day of the wedding, and he's the the scholar is like sweating. He's nervous. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. We didn't pick up like they didn't pick up the rings yet. He didn't throw a bachelor party because of some negative hindsight. He could make a decision on where to do this. Yeah, and they're sitting in this uh, in their dressing room, and the groom was like, "Dude, you haven't written a speech. Every speech you, or he wrote five speeches, and they all were like fifty minutes long each. Oh my god! And he's like, he didn't know which one to pick." And his best friend is like, dude, we haven't even picked, gone, gone to pick up the rings yet. You don't have your tuxedo on. You haven't picked out your best man suit because you're overanalyzing everything. Mm-hmm. And the, the joke of the scene was that um, the, the groom made a fake wedding date just to test out his best man. Oh. <laughs> he's like, yeah, this was a test. I just did this. My wedding's not till next month. <laughs> but I just did this as a test to see if you could handle it. And he couldn't. Hmm. And that just made me think of, uh, you know, yeah. how how overthinking a lot of things can get you to a point where you're like so frazzled. Yeah. And that you get down to the pressure, you get down to the wires, like the day of the thing that needs to be happening. and It's not happening yet. Oh, yeah. And well, and it, yeah, it's, it's I spend too much time kind of uh, playing mental chess mm-hmm. where I uh, especially especially now there's like so much weird stuff kind of going on where I'm like, I've realized I've had to like scheme a little bit, Mm -hmm. but because of that, that, that causes me to just like overthink things. And like, if they respond with this, I'm going to respond with this. And I'm like, I just like work it down a million steps, but then I don't actually do anything. And that's so goddamn annoying. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's better late than never. 2019 is the better late than never year. Better late than never. Uh, and I think yeah. to wrap up another thing that happened to me over uh, this Christmas holiday season mm-hmm. was I got a, a pretty uh, helpful gift from my mother, who usually gives me passive aggressive uh, <laughs> gifts that just annoy <laughs> me. But this year she gave me this journal and mm. it's called uh, Define My Day. And, mm. and have you seen this journal? Have you heard of this journal? Do you have one? I haven't heard of that one, but I have uh, what I think is a variety of it. And it's uh, it's only for the month. It's only for four weeks. Mm-hmm. And you set goals for the week. You set goals for your day. You set you write affirmations in it. You uh, at the end of the day, you reflect on what you liked about the day and what you didn't like about the day, and you just do it for the month. Yeah. And then the next month rolls around. You get a new journal, brand new notebook. Right. And you mm-hmm. feel do the same thing, and that might be a good idea to just. What what excites me about this is I feel like I never do anything throughout the year. Right. And I think uh, documenting it being like, oh, last December this happened. Yeah. No, I think I think that actually is a skill that needs to be learned. I think a lot of people don't do that, but that's one of the keys to Grizzly's whining. Um, uh, 
I think that's one of the one of the key skills that needs to be learned, and it's very important. Is not only to uh, do what's called like win or learn, which is where you um, look back on your day at the at the end of the evening. So I've I'm picking up writing uh, every morning and every evening. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been I've been doing it for about a month now, um, and I'm gonna keep going strong into the new year. But um, essentially, in the evening, I look at what what went right during the day, what went wrong during the day in terms of my goals, in terms of whatever, uh, and then how I would fix those things. And then I get a 30,000 view on what my next 30,000 feet view on what my next day is going to be. So kind of like just a bird's eye pass on what I'm going to do my next day, how that's going to benefit me, yada, yada, yada. Then I start the morning by kind of reorganizing that into an actual kind of schedule or a list or a, you know, something like that. And I kind of make it executable throughout my day so I don't get bogged down in like stupid emails or dumb shit, mm-hmm. you know, that, that crops up. It's like I still have my master list. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, this will be a great experiment to see where we go. If we hold ourselves accountable to this, mm-hmm. uh, this kind of chronicling, tracking, that sort of thing, if we hold ourselves accountable to that, um, then, you know, I think we can see kind of how the effects of that like like alone is is benefiting us. Uh-huh. So I think that's a definitely a good practice. I'm I'm with you on that one 100%. So yeah, I think maybe this year we take time to every day just or every week just just chronicle your you know, your things you've accomplished, things you you know, things that made you feel bad, made you feel sad, mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. you feel glad. <laughs> uh and you know, just so you can go back cuz I did find uh, my high five low five from last year. Oh, and oh boy, some of the things could be repeated. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's the thing. If we don't, it's not only the act of doing the writing, whatever, but also adhering to it as time goes on. Uh-huh. But also like, I think the high fives could be expanded and the low fives are kind of, the few are still the same, mm-hmm. but like more positive things happen throughout the year that I totally forgot about and just sitting yeah. down and thinking about it. It's like, oh yeah, this happened. Yeah, right. That yeah, yeah. This exactly. happened in March. That's crazy. Yeah, because we're so stuck on the here and now and just the immediate stuff that we forget even just like a few months back, like all the different things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you there. Um so yeah, definitely I, I think we should take that on as a project. Hopefully tomorrow. Um my sister's coming up and hopefully I'll have a really weird interview for you listeners because it's gonna be my voice, which sounds awfully similar to my sister's voice. And we both have a tendency of getting very derailed on really random topics. So I'm going to be, I'm the captain now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hopefully we can get a decent, decent product. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. I was thinking, uh, and, and, you know, maybe cut this bit out or don't, whatever, Uh would you want to do uh, like her and I do 30 minutes and then you and I talk about it for 30 minutes? Or do you want me to just go however long I go and uh, see what happens? Just go, man. Just go. Just go. Okay. All right. So I'll, uh, she'll be here tomorrow. So hopefully she comes in enough time because I have to work tomorrow, which is bullshit. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. That's dumb. It's so dumb because no sales rep, no person, it's just going to be us. Like, there's going to be nothing to do. So I don't really see the point in it. I don't see the value in it because 
you know, what we do is like very contractually based with sales and all that kind of stuff. And it's like none of them are going to be working because their quota ends on the 31st. So they're already done. Like that day doesn't matter. Right. No police station is open like or they are, but they're not like procuring anything. No one's buying anything. Exactly, so, yeah, that's weird. It's totally valueless. It's such a throwaway day. So hopefully I'm just going to call it at a half day. Um, get a good time to see <laughs> how long <laughs> my sister and I go. And uh, yeah, it should be fun. Let's go for it, man. Just do it. So so next time, listeners, we're we're back. Either way, the year's over. Yep, it's over. Uh, win or lose, if uh, you know, there's there's definitely things that were successes in this year, and there are definitely things that you know are things you can learn from. But keep the right attitude, uh, and let's fucking get after it. I do. It does does feel like attitudes are definitely better compared to last year. For you and I, yeah, for both of us, I do feel like we both sound more positive. Oh yeah, I think so too. And which is- taking less blame for things for actions that have happened over the year on ourselves uh-huh. like oh I didn't do this properly it's my fault this happened but more of like mm-hmm. uh, just acceptance of how things just went down right and not putting blame anywhere or feeling guilt but just you know right experiencing the experience and then learning from it and now we're going to move forward yeah you can't let that stuff you can't harbor that stuff for too long like you have to be able to construct you know a, a good plan of attack afterwards and just like go in with a fresh mentality. If you keep hanging on to like old shit, it's, I don't know. I feel like that's detrimental. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to let it all go. Let it go. Let it go. We're going to podcast some more. And that's where we'll end. <laughs> <laughs>